Women's running literature is having a moment. With memoirs penned by the fastest names in the sport, today's show is unpacking these incredible stories from the latest books on running and my input and review of what I got out of these top running autobiographies. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Today, I'll be talking about the topics discussed throughout these running books by the greats. We're talking about Dina Castor, Desiree Linden, Kara Gaucher, Alexi Pappas, and Lauren Fleshman. Some of these topics include eating disorders, training at the highest level, stances on doping in the sport, navigating pregnancy, depression, grief, and the mindset of an elite athlete. I want to talk about these topics covered in these books and how I find my own connection to these subjects that runners face, or how I can relate or not relate at all. So stay tuned. The past few weeks, I made it my mission to listen to all of the running memoirs hot on the market right now. The books I'll be discussing are Bravey by Alexi Pappas, The Longest Race by Kara Gaucher, Choosing to Run by Desiree Linden, Good for a Girl by Lauren Fleshman, and Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. The authors of all of these running memoirs have the common denominator that they were all professional runners, most of them Olympians or within reach of that. And instead of individually listing out their accolades, it's easier for me to say that they're all just very respected in their sport and running was their career for the majority of their adult life and at the crux of their individual stories. For hours and hours, I listened to all of these running books since these books were better absorbed from the audio version with the athletes themselves telling their own stories as I logged my own miles around the dirt trails here in Austin, Texas. We're talking dozens and dozens of hours of me listening to these books, and I often would plow through an entire book in a couple days worth, which means I got a lot of great recovery runs in because I found myself wanting an excuse to get more miles to listen to the end of a chapter or hear the end of a story that was particularly inspiring. So what kind of nuggets of wisdom did I take away from these stories? Let's get into it. I'm going to discuss some of the major themes that I noticed throughout these five books and what the takeaways I had were Because overall, as I think back to these past few weeks of all of the stories and dozens of hours of listening, there were some themes that kind of rose to the top or things that I go, wow, a lot of these runners faced this one thing and they um, did different things. They responded and reacted in different ways. And so it kind of inspired me to think about what I would do and how I feel about these topics. So firstly, let's talk about the topic of eating disorders in competitive running. I love how all of the books talked about these runners' relationships with food because as a runner, you are burning so much, you're working so hard, and you need to eat a lot to be able to go fast. So while some of the stories were overall pretty positive, like the way Dina Castor loves cinnamon rolls and wants to open a cafe, or um, how Alexi Pappas recounts her decadent culinary descriptions growing up from 
uh, her friend's mother's cooking for her and she wanted to learn how to cook as well. Other stories had more of the dark side surrounding running and food. For example, we had Lauren Fleshman uh, talking about how she kind of resisted falling into that cycle of this, the cliche of the runner who has an eating disorder and is aspiring to have their weight lowered because that's somehow the rhetoric of having faster times with a lower race weight. And so she talks about how she kind of resisted it and wanted to show that she could eat in um, a normal, moderate way. But then ultimately, there was this moment where she did succumb and started to restrict. And, you know, this idea that the running fast make, make, means you have to be lighter is a really interesting topic that she explores. And ultimately, she kind of burned out from it. And she talks about how it, it led her to this feeling that was just like kind of spent when she got to the starting line of a major race and how other people's reactions to her made it even more apparent. And so, um, I mean, Kara Gausher also mentions the comments made by her coach to her and to other runners about this like race weight idea. And overall, we hear it all the time. We hear about how runners struggle with food because there's this idea of uh, if you're if you're lighter, then you're going to race faster. And this analogy that like if you hand someone weights and you tell them to swing their arms and then you take the weights away, how much easier it is that that's just like the the very watered down version of this idea that when you weigh less, you run faster. But then there's also this other side of that, which is if you run yourself down, then you won't be able to compete at all. And you're you're more likely to struggle with injuries or other things that over time take a really big toll. So I just loved, I think between, with all the books, I think that Bravey and uh, Let Your Mind Run with Dina Castor, those two really emphasize the positive relationships with food. And I think the other ones kind of give you a glimpse of the underbelly of the darkness. But I felt like I really liked hearing how how optimistic and fun uh, these runners could be towards food and think about, you know, fueling in a sense that makes them go harder because they feel like this positive connection with the thing that they have to do in order to run well, which is like cooking and eating a lot of food. So that was my takeaway from that stuff. And also like what a shame that that is kind of like the notion that like when you're running and stuff that weight and trying to not have puberty um, slow you down by gaining inevitably, inevitably gaining weight when you are maturing into a more female body. But um, yeah, I don't know. The other thing I should just add is that, I mean, with my own story, because obviously I was not brought up in the sport, I came into the sport much later, especially with competitive running, um, and I was a fashion model. I felt like uh, it was funny hearing this stuff because for me, whenever it was instilled in me to have like weight standards of like you have to lose weight to do X, Y, Z, it was never about to perform better as a model. It was about to like uphold my contract and fit into clothes and stuff. Anyway, long story short, I felt like it was interesting hearing this um, topic discussed from some some from the perspective of like coaches or adults telling people to lose weight to like run stronger when i came into the sport realizing that running meant that i was actually putting fuel into my body and kind of the inverse relationship with um 
food, or at least food to me represented I'm going to be a stronger athlete. So I think that's maybe why um, Bravey and Dina Castor's stories were really like what I liked to hear because it was something that I could relate to and go, yeah, like putting fuel into my body to run fast is something that like that speaks to me. So another topic as we move through these topics that are kind of like prevalent in all of these running memoirs was depression. And I thought that Alexi Pappas really dug into this and it was very fascinating for me to hear um, about depression in elite elite athleticism and that double-edged sword of having these high highs or having like the glory of amazing feats like going to the Olympics and like winning races and having all these amazing things happen but then also having the the dark side of that which is like when no one is watching and especially navigating through injuries and having that one thing taken away from you with running I I definitely understood and relate to this related to this a lot and I just I love that Alexi Papp is really put that out there she she really fleshed out how she navigated her depression especially after the olympics and it made me think about my own life and how even though um you know i don't have that kind of a comparison i could think about how the high highs in my life were often followed by low lows or externally when things looked like they were amazing that there was like a lull afterwards and the stuff that you have to kind of navigate behind the scenes and so Hearing about the mental health stuff really was um, interesting for me of like how she went about getting treatment for it and like the different um, methods that she used. And um, she also talks about like these states of mania where she couldn't sleep and she was just like burning the candle at both ends to almost escape those feelings. And I, I definitely have related to that where I felt that way maybe two years ago. I was That's exactly how I felt, where I felt like I had to do every single race and I had to run constantly and I had to like really prove myself when really I was like just running away from a lot of my problems. So that was interesting to hear about. But then, um, but of that type of um, topic comes grief. And one thing that I didn't really realize was Kara Goucher, she had the grief of losing her dad very suddenly in a car accident. And when she was telling that story, I mean, I related to it very, very much because of my own experience of losing my dad very suddenly. And I was like, oh, and she, like the way she used that pain towards propelling her through the New York Marathon and like thinking of what her dad would be thinking as she's on those city streets and stuff, that's that almost verbatim is how I've felt at multiple times of my running experience of like what it would be like to have my dad there in spirit and feeling his presence so i loved i loved that part of kara gasher's story so much of like talking about the grief of losing her dad um and then obviously when i shouldn't say obviously but like alexi pappas had tragically lost her mom and that's very prevalent throughout her entire book she's talking about what it was like to have um her mother die by suicide as a very young girl and how she navigated that and I just like I felt like that really showed a side of Alexi Pappas to me that I kind of knew like I knew she had lost her mother at a very young age but you really see how that's trickled down into every aspect of her existence now and how she's managed to come to terms with it and like understand it in her adulthood 
And so speaking of like the motherhood stuff, uh, she touches on this in the book, which makes me now bring this to the next topic, which was pregnancy and motherhood and how these women then, you know, they have these running careers and then how they manage to navigate when they're going to have kids because it's kind of crazy to think that like for elite marathoners, your prime is also your childbearing years. And this is actually something that I never really thought about that much because I'm not, I was never in that mindset of thinking about kids and stuff. And, but like hearing them talk about it was like, wow, this is actually kind of a crazy thing that with some of them, they would have a kid and then like Kara Gaucher, for example, she, you know, pops out a kid and then is right back getting into races very shortly after and doing really well. Um, even doing better than some of the, her previous times, which was pretty cool to hear. But then even um, the idea that like one, one of the things that really stood out to me is like, you know, in, in society right now, I see a lot of mothers running through pregnancy and how you're almost have this expectation that you don't have to change that much when you get pregnant. You can still run and do track workouts. I see it all the time on Strava of women who are several months pregnant and they're like doing workouts and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. But then Dina Castor, who's like, you know, one of the best ever, she talked about how when she figured out she was pregnant, um, she got to a point where she just was like, I'm going to give my body what it wants. And that's just to really rest and lean into a lot of rest. And then she talks about coming back after having the baby and how a 10 minute mile felt like the hardest thing ever. And we're talking, this is a, someone who broke the American marathon record. And it was like that perspective of like things really changed for her after she had a kid. But then she got back into shape and started doing some big stuff after that. So it was kind of cool to see that, um, yes, things might slow down for a second and you can let them and then you just bounce back or you don't and you take a different path. And I think there are some some stories like Lauren Fleshman, I felt like she once she, she became a mom, she just took a totally different path. And so I liked that, um, you know, I, the other thing, I like that some of these runners, that's not part of their story. Desiree Linden, she doesn't, that's not part of her narrative at all because she doesn't have kids and she's like, who, who knows where she stands with that? And it's like no one's business. But I think that it's kind of cool that like there was enough diversity in all of these running memoirs that some went that path, some competed afterwards, some didn't. It's kind of like it was all over the place, but it really showed that role of pregnancy in an elite marathoner or elite runner's life. So the next thing that I thought was really interesting, speaking of pregnancy or people's, you know, having families and stuff, is the role of boyfriends and husbands in these elite marathoner, elite runners' lives. Every one of the books, I can't, I think every single one, yeah, had of really their boyfriend or their husband had a really prevalent role in their story. Like they were mentioning them a lot. And I thought that was really interesting because no one did it like completely alone. Like there's like, there are things that obviously their partners weren't part of, but a lot of them, the partner was very prevalent for basically every step of the way. And I thought that was pretty cool because I feel like even lately for me, I I definitely, so like the, my boyfriend is not a runner and he's, or he's not a competitive runner, I should say, but he's a big part of like my daily life with training and eating, especially the eating, which is something that Kara Gaucher mentions where she's saying that her relationship with food that was a bit compromised with the disordered eating stuff 
that once she was with her partner and he kind of ate certain ways, she was able to kind of mirror that. And she tells this really funny story about eating um, Cheetos and how she was afraid to eat them. And then he kind of like made her eat one and then she was fine. And she was like, wait, this is this is OK. And I liked that because it made me think about my own relationship and how like I eat lots of big, awesome dinners with my boyfriend and I think of it as fuel for the next day's run. And I thought that that was something that I could relate to with these women and their partners and especially their partner's role in being like a um, sounding board for how training is going and just yeah, I just that's I definitely get that a lot because if you're a runner, you talk a lot about running and I feel like that's something that just inevitably happens. So I could appreciate that. The other topic that was very controversial in these books that was mentioned in in most of them, not all of them, was the idea of doping. So Lauren Fleshman, Desiree Linden and Kara Gaucher all talked about doping in sport. Um, and how that role of like how the playing field was not fair. Like there was like this idea that some people had that edge because they were cheating. And so I think specifically Kara Gaucher's book was really a lot about that. Like you get some, some very detailed stories about, you know, what she saw at Nike and her, her memoir was a lot about about that I think her memoir the crux of it even the cover of the book talks about like the secrets happening at Nike and the stuff that she saw and so that was more of her narrative and I think that like it is a very important topic that should be talked about more because it is something that like you don't realize when you're on the outside looking in you don't realize how prevalent all that stuff is and like how they're doing it and like she just kind of breaks down specifically some of the stuff with like the EPO and like how blood doping works and I mean obviously all of these memoirs I mean these stories that talk about it were very against doping but I thought that it was really interesting to see like up close and personal what these runners saw and with that the other thing that I thought was really fascinating is this idea that in in elite running there was this thing happening with um, some of the athletes being prescribed um, well you hear about this mostly in Kara Gaucher's book but then Desiree Linden talks about it quite a bit so it's like this idea that runners are being prescribed Synthroid or hypothyroid medication to for whatever reason this is a drug that's not considered doping but it can give you I guess an edge don't quote me on this but some runners are being like take they were prescribed this kind of like in a in a very lighthearted way of like, here, take this. And like, for whatever reason, it like maybe it makes them like, you know, have more energy or whatever. And it's not something that gets detected on the, the WADA tests. But the thing that was so fascinating about this, so you're hearing this thing, it seems like it could be, you know, being abused or whatever. But then Desiree Linden, who does get hypothyroidism, is talking about what that means for her because she actually had this, like crippling condition that was having it so she couldn't even get out of bed without taking Synthroid. And so you hear the perspective. And I thought that was really cool because it's like on one hand, you could maybe hear, oh, this is a drug that athletes abuse and they're like using it for doping or whatever. And then you hear, no, this is a, a drug that this person needed. She was on the, you know, the brink of the edge of her life if she didn't take it even. So you just get that perspective. And It also shows that like when you're an elite athlete, you have to be very in tune with your body and figure out if there's something else going on if you're not performing well. And that's kind of like what Desiree Linden described 
Um, she, she tells very detailed stories about how that hypothyroidism was really affecting her. And um, yeah, I found it, I found it really fascinating. So yeah, between Kara Gausher being wrongly diagnosed as hypothyroidic or she determined that that wasn't the right thing to have had been medicated for, but then having, you know, alternatively Desiree Linden talking about her diagnosis, I was like, man, this is fascinating. They actually have a podcast together that I listened to called Nobody Asked Us, where they just talk a lot and I, I love it. So yeah, anyway, doping. So uh, ultimately, of all the topics that all of these runners talked about, I think the most important thing that I got out of listening to hours and hours and hours and hours of running memoirs um, of why I think you guys should too, this is like the, the main thing, is the athlete's mindset. Getting inside the head of elite runners. Like that was the best, most uh, inspiring part of these stories. And I mean, when Alexi Pappas is talking about the relationship with pain and how she uses pain as her friend and she knows it's never going to be fun, but she kind of leans into it and knows that it's not the kind of pain that kills you. It's the kind of pain that you're supposed to feel when you're going hard or the idea that like getting out there and running when you don't feel like it and like that kind of headspace of setting up your life to do something hard every single day for hours a day. I needed to hear that. That was probably why I got so much out of it because especially with Dina Castor, who that was the last book of the five that I I read, her book is obviously all about letting your mind run because that's the name of the book. And she talks so much about headspace and she gets into this part where she was in Finland and she was kind of removed from a lot of people to train with and kind of like out very isolated And she talks so much about how she turned her mindset around. And every opportunity in that book that she talks about turning the head, turning your mind around to be able to deal with whatever you're dealing with. I love that because it just shows you how much power you have over your own, um, your own headspace. So I think that especially in Desiree Linden's book where she talks about winning Boston, it's like this ultimate, the, 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 the last chapter of her book, spoiler alert, because we all know she won Boston in 2019. That last chapter, she's talking about what it was like to win. And that headspace of competition on the hardest day, on the hardest course, or like how the weather was horrible. I just loved hearing this so much, especially as I was grinding away and like, you know, these hot runs and stuff. Because I was thinking, yeah, Running is so hard. It's hard for everyone. It's hard for the Olympians. It's hard for the the beginners. It's hard for everyone. So for each of these runners to talk about when it felt hard, it kind of planted the seed in me to think like, yeah, it's supposed to feel this way. It's supposed to feel this way. And it also kind of changed some of my own habits where I would think to myself as I was listening to these books, I would think like, well, what would so-and-so do in this moment? Like, you know, here I am training. Right now I'm in the base building phase as I go after my own personal uh, goal at the Berlin Marathon this fall. And I found myself wondering what Dina Castor would do on this run or what would she do tomorrow? Like I'm thinking about how these runners would approach the things that I'm facing. So that's my favorite thing about all of these running memoirs. And I would say go listen to them too. Go listen to all of them. I can't tell you which one's my favorite, like, or which one I think you have to listen to um, no matter what. I would say try to listen to all of them. But but if I had to choose, I would say Dina Castor's really, that was the most powerful, 
powerful one. I think the most interestingly written one was probably Bravey by Alexi Pappas because hers is very um, artsy. And I just like love that it wasn't just like cut and dry. It was very uh, uniquely artistic. But I mean, they're all good. I can't even I can't even like start to kind of like compare them because I felt like they were all so unique. Um, and standalone, even though they all have like very similar things, like similar stories of being professional runners. So, um, yeah, that's that's my book review of all these books. <laughs> I listened to all the major running memoirs on audible.com. I'm not sponsored by them, obviously, but um, I literally was like, what's the next one? OK, Audible, tell me what to listen to. And I just went through all of them. Um, but yeah, so I hope that you might've gotten something out of this episode. Maybe it'll inspire you to go listen to them as well as you log your easy miles. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lucy Beatrix, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. And until next time, just be fast, just win. Just win.